Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. All these international things and stuff are not going to help the person because there's just too much going on. Things You have to look like the absolute best choice. They have to get someone to take a chance on them because a lot of people are getting laid off or their jobs aren't starting. Okay, so let's see the next paragraph. For the past few years, I took every single school break. Internationally reputable companies. Okay, so right here, the person's saying that they're, it's important for them to work for an international reputable company, which again, when you're a lawyer, you're just doing the work that comes in the door. And I also work for fast ranked in the legal 500. No one cares about that. You don't have to mention that. Again, this is all about the person. Here are drafted documents for mergers and acquisitions. Okay. In the United States, I was a legal extern enterprise holding. Okay. So look at how many jobs this person's had. I don't even know what's going on. Then they went, now they're doing family and PI law in Clayton and refine their drafting skills. The problem here is there's too much going on. And I'll explain to you how to, and here they talk about autonomy. That's not good. There's too much going on. And again, I talk to people about cover letters and resumes every day. And I've had instances where I've gotten cover letters like this and resumes and given them back to the person and the same thing comes back. And here's the problem. And I'll just be completely honest with you. This person essentially has done a million different things. And again, I'm not trying to be mean to this person, but no law firm wants to hire someone that has done this many different things where there's no focus, no law firm. There's nothing consistent about any of this experience. There's none of this. A law firm is going to take a look at this and there's nothing they can do for this person because they don't know what the person wants to do. They don't know if they're going to stick around. And they're just telling you that. They're just basically, that's what they're telling you on their the resume. So here's what I would do to this resume if I was this person and their cover letter. This person's, that this is the job that they could get. And this is actually a good job. And I don't, I'm not poo-pooing any of this great experience this person's had, but as a international attorney that's moving all over the world, and now they're working in Clayton, I don't know where that is, but I'm assuming that's a small town somewhere. They're working as a family law attorney and PI, and they shouldn't it should be, you don't say PI, you would say personal injury. That's another thing is you never want to do things like this. You'd just say personal injury law firm in Clayton, where I refine my drafting skills, where I would say I've drafted legal memos. You wouldn't say you refined it. You would say drafted uh, legal memos in response to closing party, client drafted TROs. Okay. Yeah, this is great. So this is person has worked as a family law personal injury attorney, and that's great. That's perfectly fine. And that, as a foreign attorney working in the United States, with without any reason, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's very difficult as a foreign to get jobs in the U.S. So this particular person has done a lot of stuff. And, and this particular job is actually interesting because this is the type of job. And again, I'm not, I'm telling you this based on 25 plus years of experience. It's very difficult for anyone with all these different kinds of experiences to get a job because this person is an academic and has basically worked for all these important employers. But the only person that's given them a consistent job, which has been for, it looks like six months in the US doing legal related work is a personal injury and family law firm. So this is really what the person should be doing. They should be promoting their most recent skill and, and, and going from there and, and looking like they want to do that. They have to get someone to take a chance on them. No one's going to take a chance on someone that has 10 different degrees and all that. And, and no one cares 
um, that you need knowledge of all these different laws. No one cares that you were a volunteer in Egypt. None of this stuff matters. So I'm very glad to be looking at this resume, but this cover letter, because there's just so many issues with it. No one cares you were a volunteer. Again, employer is looking at it and wants to know, can this person help me make money? And, and unfortunately, the only thing that comes out, how do we make money, is here when the person's been working for a family and personal injury law firm. That's really what the person needs to emphasize. And then I'm hoping Clayton is a suburb of New York because you need to, or not a suburb, but a small town in New York, because otherwise people are going to wonder what this person is doing. So sometimes in your cover letters, you need to dumb things down. And I'm telling this person, the only way that this person is going to get a position is if they're able to um, really come at things from what they're doing and they want to do it. So I want to be a family law attorney. I want to do that. All these international things and stuff are not going to help the person because there's just too much going on. Your resume, your cover letter needs to be focused. People need to look at your resume or your cover letter. You need to look at your cover letter and say, what does this person do? Can we make money? Will they stick around? Can they be managed? And, and so you, these are all, sometimes the more you say, uh, the more it looks like you're not going to stick around or you can't be managed. And, and then all of these typos and things are a huge problem. Okay, let's look at the next one. And oh, just so Jared, I think at er.org, if there's more resumes or anything else, anybody has more resumes. Okay, so this, your Gibson Dunn recruiting team. Okay, so again, here you would want to, if this is for Gibson Dunn, which is a great firm, you would want to figure out if there was someone that you could write directly or someone that you could have spoken to. Very few people will call up Gibson Dunn before, or any firm for that matter, before applying. But Gibson Dunn and very nice people and it's an incredible law firm would, has a great recruiting staff, would talk to you and tell you, just make it out to the recruiting team or make it out to this person. And that's it. So let's take a look at this. I'm excited to apply for a corporate M&A position. Um, so this is not good. Next phase of my career suggests that this is all about what you're trying to accomplish and and no one needs, and let's be honest, Gibson Dunn is one of the best law firms in the world. Saying that they're focused and so forth, you, you don't need to, to go into that detail. Knows what an awesome law firm Gibson Dunn is. And, and someone like Gibson Dunn, by the way, like you can see this, this is a pronoun problem. So Gibson Dunn, and someone's going to read this, and I'm just going to be honest with you, these are exceptional attorneys at Gibson Dunn. Whoever reads this is going to read this. And all of these little issues and things that I'm seeing, like lack of comma and are going to just pop off the screen at, to, to whoever is looking at this. And so you have to be very careful with all this. Now, this person is also looks like, so the, when someone's in them, law firms are going to ask or anything that makes it look like you may not stick around, around scarce firms. Uh, next phase of my career is saying may not do the job long term. So you need to work on that because after graduating from law school, okay, so this is all on the resume. So anybody that reads this is going to know this. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume 
to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. Okay. And, and that would pretty much, and then you would address it to the, hopefully the San Francisco office. All this stuff, you don't need to tell people what it's about. You would, if there's any way to make any type of personal connection uh, in this introduction, you should try to do. Very important. After graduating from law school in 2019, okay, no one cares about that. This should all be on the resume. Okay. So this is interesting. So this person is drawing attention. They, they had a position at layoffs affecting the vast majority of my class, not the whole class, by the way, the vast majority. So that doesn't help you because that means that you were not selected. So, but I like that you say that you had a position at Gibson Dunn. I don't know if you worked there during the summer or Gunderson or what happened, but that, that is very useful that you may have had an offer. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what this person should do in a minute, because a lot of people are getting laid off or their jobs aren't starting. I was initially drawn to Gibson Dunn first due to its, you wouldn't again, just all this grammarly stuff. Okay. No one cares why you're drawn to them. None of this is helping you. You also had another job before that. Okay. Same thing here. So most of the stuff is on the person's resume. And then you're basically telling the person everything about your resume in this cover letter. And, and so that is not that helpful. So here's what people, you have to ask yourself what people would like to hear from, from anyone applying to a position. So a firm like Gibson Dunn, by the way, this particular job I'm estimating will receive hundreds of applications. So hundreds, and they can select the best person for it. And for them, just I'm being completely honest, selecting someone from London without any specific skills that wasn't chosen to work at Gunderson is not going to be their best choice. So how do you get around that? How do you look like the best choice? So it's actually interesting. In Los Angeles, Quinn Emanuel was actually one of the first law firms, and this is before the big corporate booms and stuff I'm talking about, like in the 1990s. And each year, Harvard would graduate all these LLMs, and most of them, they would, I think they would always select two from all these countries around the world, and two LLMs, and none of them, the majority of them would not, almost all of them would not get hired. So I remember in the mid-90s, I think, I just remember back hearing the statistics, maybe two people would get jobs in the U.S. that came over to, to get LLMs at Harvard. And, and those two people were hired at Quint. So it was actually very difficult to get a full-time LLM degree. So why did what was Quinn doing hiring these LLMs from Harvard? And then it, and then it started hiring more and more. The reason I liked them is because the people had no other options. So they could hire very good people. But, but those, those people, again, I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm saying they're not going to, the people were not going to pick up and leave after getting sponsored for visas and everything. The people were actually very happy to work there and would work hard and, and so forth. And were excited to be in the U.S. And, and were very good attorneys. And so that's why they would hire them. So anyone that's got an LM from a foreign country, you need to make it seem like it's my dream to work here and commit to a firm. I will stay and work like crazy. I'm whatever. You have to look more motivated than anyone else out there. You have to be like, I will pay it forward and whatever. You have to look like it's going to be like the best thing that ever happened to you if that person hires you. Because otherwise, they're just going to hire someone that that is in the U.S., wouldn't you? That's got 
that's got a JD that's not likely to leave, that's not likely to go back to their home country, that that didn't get laid off, that all those sorts of things. You have to look like the absolute best choice and someone that really wants the job, especially because that's the only thing you have to offer. Then you need to do whatever you possibly can to make some sort of connection with the firm. So do, do whatever you can to make a connection. And I don't know what that is. You need to figure out something. So what's important to understand too for everyone is that every job that you're applying for, there are lots of applications. There are, when we have a job at BCG that we're recruiting for, if say it's a firm calls us up and they're like, we're going to use you exclusively to find this, we'll have a lot of people that we could send the job to. And the people that we want to send the job to are the people that are most engaged in their search and approving firms and, and that really want a job. And the people that aren't engaged. And so you have to look like the absolute best choice to people. And people need to think like, why would I hire this person? And the only way you can stick out if you have things going against you is to look like the most motivated person out there that knows what you want to do. So this person is coming from a company, not necessarily a law firm. They've got an LM, but they were able to get a job at Gunderson, which is an extremely good firm. So this person should really be to the extent they can. And again, this is a good cover letter. I don't have any problems, the majority of this cover letter, but at the same time, it's not making a connection and it's not making it look like the person is going to work very hard. I've had people, it's very rare, by the way, and it's so rare that I remember every time it's happened. I've had people write me and be like, or call me and be like, I'm calling you because, and again, every time I do one of these on the call, people will call me and do this. It's just not, they'll call and they'll basically say, I'm calling you because I've always wanted to work for you. And can I please interview with you or something? The answer is yes, of course you can. And, or I, something that makes a connection or they walk into your office and they'd be like, I really want you to have my resume. They make some sort of connection with you and they have to, or they, they and they flatter you and they make you feel good. So you have to sometimes give up your power to get people to look like the best choice. And this particular person, there's so many problems because they're in a foreign LLM, they're essentially laid off, they haven't worked in a law firm. You have to figure out what you're gonna offer that a US attorney is not gonna offer. And the only thing that someone can offer is the ability to work harder, to be more committed, to, to have a connection with someone there so they trust you. All those sorts of things make a huge difference. If you don't have that, then they're just going to hire someone else. You're going to hire a U.S. attorney who wasn't laid off and has worked in a law firm. Just think about it. So you have to have something that makes you a better candidate. It's either working harder, wanting to work there, knowing people, all those sorts of things are hugely important because if you don't do that, someone else is going to do it and that's who they're going to hire. Again, this particular person, there's no connection. There's nothing. They've done all these things except family law and personal injury. If I was them, I, this person, I would just apply for per, family law, personal injury law firms, or I would choose one. I would say, I'm drawn to family law, I'm drawn to personal injury, and then work your way up. But no one's going to take up a chance on anybody that doesn't know what they want to do. Let's take a look at this one. We'll do the last one. This particular person, great resume, great cover letter, great. But the problem is their manageability. Let's see here. All right. All right, let's go on to the last one. And then we do have more. But Okay, so no one cares about this. So th these are, it sounds like, I, I don't know what this is, their mission to provide sound and efficient results for their clients and stakeholders. Realistically, this might be what it says on their website, Ballage Bar is a great firm, but all law firms have mission statements and so forth. And I bet if you ask 200 attorneys, including partners at any law firm, not just Ballage Bar, what their mission is, 
they wouldn't know. So that is really not something anybody's going to care about in an area of law. Okay, so again, this person needs to talk about what they do. If it's already addressed to Ballard's Bar, then there's no reason to say I'm applying to Ballard's Bar or I'm interested. You can do that, but this person's done, but there's not, but the, it's obviously a given. So again, I would say a good way to do this would be I called and spoke to this. I'm very excited about, they told me about the hiring first year associate, whatever. What is your connection? Why should they take a chance on you or whatever? And again, I don't want people to think that the cover letter is like the the be all end all of any of this, because essentially what Ballard's Bar is going to do is they're going to look at this resume, the person's resume, and they're going to say to themselves, uh, is this the best we got? Or does this look like it would be smart for us to bring this person in? And a couple people might be involved in the decision and that would be it. But they're basically asking all those sorts of questions. So anything that you can do to make a real connection with this firm is going to help you. And I would recommend calling, speaking to someone, if you can. I'm not trying to get Ballard's Bar mad at me for saying this, but I would recommend calling, speaking with someone, and, and then maybe even sending it to them after, right after the phone call or something just to get their attention. That's going to help you more than doing this. And again, these law firms get hundreds of applications. In most cases, the best way to get in is when someone trusts you or there's some sort of connection. This, these are all things that, that people learn. So there's nothing special about any of these qualifications really that shouldn't, that aren't going to be on your, on this person's resume. Uh, it would be, of course, as a law clerk. It's funny though. Actively engaged in providing pathos. I don't even know. Pathos, ethos, and logos. Okay. So none of this stuff helps either. And then being confident in your skill set. Two words will serve as an asset to your firm and are consistent with the requirements of the candidate your office seeks. Okay. So again, the big issue here is there's problem is there's no connection. There's no, so I'll just go through this. There's no connection, which you need nothing showing the person's likely to stick around. What this does actually does do fairly well is it does show the person can be managed. But other than that, those are some of the issues. I don't know how many different ways to say it to everyone, but the ability to connect and make it look like you're going to work hard and that this employer is important to you, that is really, and then not to have information on your resume that detracts from anything is helpful. Because if your resume looks like, in, so the, of all the resumes we've looked at today, by the way, or cover letters, this one is the best. There's really, the reason it's the best is there's no typos. There's no, the person is a very good fit for this position. So you can see what they've done here is they've talked about all of the experiences they have that are relevant to this particular job that they have. This person may have done a thousand different things, but they've made it all relevant. I would, for this person, recommend trying to get this in your resume as opposed to here, but it's still exceptional. And so this is a good a good resume for someone going into a leadership role, a good cover letter, but there's just a few things to be comfortable, capable of. But your resume, your cover letter, just so everyone understands, should make it look like what you want to do. You know what you want to do, and then likely to, to stick around. And the first cover letter we looked at too was interesting. I don't know if everyone re remembers it, but it was a cover letter of someone that was working in the court and wanted to go back to the court. And that was interesting, but you can say that sort of stuff in a lot fewer words 
many times than, than the person may have done here. So let me go back and see if there's any more cover letters. Just give me one second. I think I've got them all. Okay, I'm pretty sure I got them all. So there were, um, unfortunately, not a ton of cover letters sent. So let me just make sure I have everything here. Okay, that's good. Yeah, and this was, just so everyone understands, this was the, the first cover letter. So I will take a quick break. And then when I come back, we will go over any, any questions anyone has about today. And then I guess we'll go from there. So I will be back in one or two minutes. And then I will take questions. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. All right, so now we will go to the Q&A. I did want to, just real briefly, there was one thing that I wanted to go over, and it was from, I think, the last cover letter workshop we did. And it looks like there's a lot of questions, which is great. We'll get to those. And again, if anybody else has a cover letter uh, and you want to send in, we can also look at those. Yeah. So there's just a couple other points, how you can make employers money, save them time and benefit them. And that's what it's always important to, for you to understand, for everyone to understand that when when you're applying for any type of job, what's going on is the employers is really asking themselves, can we make money from this person? How easy is it going to be for us to make money? That's what you would think too. Like people, there's certain people that it's hard to make money from and there's other people that it's easy to make money from. And so you want to make sure, and these are my notes, by the way, from the last cover letter session we had back in January, I think. But you need to talk about the amount of money, how hard you're willing to work, like you want to build the most hours, all those sorts of things that make people, you were the highest biller, like any, anything you could possibly do that makes people believe that you're going to make them a lot of money. And then basically, and then let's see, and then yeah, how much money, and then what's the next one here? Yeah. And then sometimes you can mention different things that you may have done and good things that happen where you go and then making the short cover letter short and so, and so forth. So let me get to the questions. Let me see. Is there any possibility that you can share? I'll just go to these questions. And then let me just open up one other document here. And I will send around these cover letter rules to everyone after as well. So cover letters for new grads. So the cover letters for new grads, again, need to do the same thing. You need to make a connection. The connection connections come through people and you need to understand how do you do that? And the only way a new grad can do that many times is by applying, having some sort of connection to the firm, having some sort of connection to people, respecting the work that you have to figure out some way to do that. Most cover letters, like we saw, this person was applying for a first-year associate position. Don't talk about the practice area or the practice area the person's interested in. They don't talk about that there's no focus to the cover letter. They talk about things that are relevant. And again, the most important thing you can possibly do is figure out 
how to make some sort of connection. And that's really the biggest thing. If you can't make a connection, you can do a regurgitation of your experience, but some sort of connection is the most important. Okay, so here's a good one. This person's asking, and this is actually a very good question. If you're applying to firms without opening, do you just send a resume and cover letter to the recruitment team? You can, if you want, but let's talk about a little bit how, and this is actually very important that everyone's on, that you're on the call for, this will actually help you. So you have, you have house recruiting, then you have, then you have partners in the firm doing the work. So these are two, two different types of people. And then you have associates working for them. So in-house recruiting means your recruiting coordinators, and sometimes it might be your hiring partner and name, and name meaning it's this person's called a hiring partner. It doesn't mean they do all the hiring partner stuff. And then you have partners doing the work, which are going to be practice area heads, partners working in practice area. This is how everything breaks down. And then you have associates working for partners. Okay, so the in-house recruiting team, typically what happens is there will be some sort of meeting or some sort of understanding that the in-house recruiting team will get all these different resumes and, and they will send them to different partners doing the work. So the partners doing the work will request resumes and the in-house recruiting team will go out and find them. And then they will screen them. Sometimes they're looking for grade point averages, or they're looking for the types of schools or whatever. So they'll sift through all these resumes and they'll show the partners the ones that they think are the best for whatever the openings are. Sometimes we'll just get a bunch of resumes that are unsolicited and they'll put them in a pile. And if the need comes up, they may show them to the partners doing the work or they may ignore them if they don't have a need or they may, or they may forward them along to partners doing the work. But if you're applying for jobs that don't have openings, the in-house recruiting team is really, it's a big task because they have to sit in all these, they have to get all these resumes and they don't want to, to a partner doing the work whose time's $1,200, $1,400 an hour, they don't want to bother them by showing them a bunch of resumes. So what do you do? So you can certainly send your resume to the in-house recruiting team, but if there's no opening many times, especially the larger law firms, what are they going to do? They may, it may get their attention and they may show it to people or they may not. You don't know. It's and again, it's not that they're doing anything wrong. You just, you don't know. So if you're applying to a firm and the firm doesn't have an opening and you're trying to work in a certain practice area, you can certainly apply to the in-house recruiting, but you're not going to get your hand slapped many times if you apply to in-house recruiting and, and then you also apply to a partner doing the work. So if you want to work in a firm that does certain type of thing and you think you're a really good candidate and you're not going to bother them, Meaning if you're practicing at a major law firm and you want to work in another major law firm, then sometimes it's can certainly, there's nothing stopping you from also applying to the head of the practice group that you're interested in. Or if you're a patent attorney and you do a certain type of patents and there's a partner there that also does that certain type of patents, telling them you'd love the opportunity to work with them. That's how you get attention from people. I'm not saying that this is okay at all law firms, uh, the reason law firms have in-house recruiting departments is because it's not conducive to them to have resumes coming in at them from a thousand different directions. So they need some sort of way to centralize them. So I don't, I'm not I'm saying you should run around the in-house recruiting department, especially at the largest firms, but I would say you, there's nothing wrong with trying to make a connection with someone that's doing the work. So I have things that happen to me all the time. I'll be working with a firm and the firm may have, I don't know, they might have five openings. And then I will talk to some other partner in the firm about something unrelated. And they'll say, oh, we have a bankruptcy opening. Can you find me good bankruptcy people? That's not 
like anything that the in-house recruiting team is recruiting for. And if I find that person and bring them to that partner, then they like me. So it's like you have to understand the dynamics. So many times partners that are doing the work also need to get the actual job listings or the they need to have the they need to get authorization to hire people. And there's just a lot of stuff going on. And there's politics and stuff. But my idea would be that if you were trying to if you're an attorney making some sort of connection with partners doing the work would be very helpful. And that's how I would recommend doing. I'm not trying to upset certainly recruiting departments and law firms. I think that you always want to make sure that you that you're involving them in the recruiting process and don't like it when they're not involved because they need to have everything centralized. But at the same time, the partners doing the work are the people that are often going to be making the decision about whether to hire you. In-house recruiting teams, their job is to promote jobs, to get people interested in the jobs, and then to sort of gatekeep the resumes. But if you're resume qualifies you to work in a certain firm and you'd like to work there, then you may want to try to get someone's attention. It can be useful. It, when I'm look, I look at resumes all day and, and I'm able to make decisions about people, but, but it's hard when a, when a firm has a, an exact requirement. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.